Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Be seated, be seated, be seated. We're in week two of our series greater. We're in week two of our series, Greater, and I'm so thankful that as we discovered last week that God has greater for us. If you believe God has greater for you, somebody say amen. Man, God has greater for you. And we discovered and talked about that last weekend. I believe that uh, in this Kairos season, this God-appointed, God-ordained season, that God truly is awakening his saints. God truly is awakening his church, that the church is rising, that the glory of God is being released in the earth. That's what God is doing. That's what God is doing in his people. And listen, God desires to do greater in us and through us. God desires to do greater in us, but also he desires to do greater through us. But for that to happen, the posture of our hearts, church, must be this, that Jesus must become greater and we must become less. The posture of our hearts must be one of submission. Somebody say submission. That we submit to the Lord. We started here last week, John chapter 3, verse 30. John the Baptist, he said this. He said, Jesus must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Jesus must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. What is he really saying that is very applicable to us right now in this time in humanity? It's this church. That our, li- our lives must be more about Jesus and less about ourselves. Our lives must be more about Jesus and less about Ourselves. Can I tell you something? That greater only happens when Jesus becomes more and more prominent in us and through us. Greater only happens when Jesus becomes more prominent in us and through us. We have to remember this, church, that the kingdom of God can only advance when Jesus is leading and we as his people are following. It can only advance that way when King Jesus is leading and we are following. Remember something about your purpose. How many of you guys think that God's given you great purpose? That God still has plans right now that he is not done with you yet. If you believe that, somebody say amen. He's not done yet. But your divine purpose, church, it can only come into fruition when you are in the right position in your heart and your life. And that position is this. It's Jesus and then everything else. It's Jesus than everything else. We, we talked about there's a way we can show, and it's this. Jesus is greater than everything else. Jesus is greater than everything else. And I want to tell you, what I just continue to feel as we've been fasting and praying this week is this, church. I believe it with my whole heart. God is ready for us to step into greater, but the question is, are we? God's ready. God's waiting on his church to continue to stand and rise. God's already equipped us to step into greater, but we have to remember he's not going to take the steps for us. He's not going to do it. Listen, how many of you guys know God's already done more than enough? Not just a little bit, he's done more than enough. And so the question is not, is God ready to do greater? The question is, are we really ready to step into greater? 
Are we really ready to make our lives more about Jesus, less about ourselves? Let me say it this way. Are we ready to fully embrace the fact that the American dream and the kingdom mandate don't always coincide? Okay, I'll leave that one alone. That's fine. Because some of you, listen, some of you are so disappointed because you're afraid the way you might live might change based on who sits in the White House. But can I tell you, we should be more concerned changing our lives based on who's sitting on the throne in heaven because that's who really dictates who we are and who we're supposed to come. We've got to recognize it's Jesus over everything else. Jesus over everything else. And see, if you say yes, that you're ready to step into greater, that our prayer must be like John's, Jesus, may you become greater and greater. God, and may we become less and less. God, may you become greater, and may we become less and less. If you remember last week, I told you that the Lord told us during this time of prayer and fasting that we were going to be petitioning God in three specific ways, in three distinct ways. And last week, we prayed and fasted the Lord would give us greater focus in this season. Somebody say Focus. And we would have greater focus in this season. That this year and beyond that our focus would really be on what matters. And you remember we prayed about three things. Number one, we prayed that our focus would be on the presence of God. That our focus would be on the presence of God first. Then secondly, that our focus would be on the people that we know and love. Our spouses, our children, our family, our brothers and sisters, our kingdom family. Can I remind you of something? We have to have focus in this season to stay unified, gathering together as the body of Christ. We've got to be committed to saying, Lord, whether we're online or in person, we're going to stay committed to gathering as the church of the living God in the earth. But we have to focus on people that we know and love, but also not just them, but also people that don't know Jesus. A greater commitment to just focusing on people, not on possessions, not on technology, but focusing on people. And then finally, church, we want to focus on our purpose. Is anybody tired of just walking aimlessly through life? Of not really walking in the fullness that God has for you? Listen, God's waiting on us to step into it. And stay focused on who he is and what he wants us to do in and through our lives. Well, pastor, he hasn't fully revealed it. Well, honey, stay patient. He's gonna. He's gonna do it. So we have to understand in this season, we want greater focus on the presence of God, on people, on the purpose that God has for us. But this week, we're shifting our attention. We'll keep praying about focus, but we're also going to be asking the Lord to allow us to operate with greater faith. With greater faith. Somebody say faith. faith. How many of you know that we need to live and move with greater faith in this season? We must live and move with greater faith in this season. This is one of the most strategic times in the history of humanity. And the church must operate with big and bold faith. We must operate with big and bold faith. Why? Because none of this works, church. None of it happens or takes place without faith. It doesn't happen without the people of God keeping the faith. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We've got to make sure that we're walking and keeping our faith. Let's talk about faith like this. How many of you guys know that faith is the bedrock of our relationship with God? It starts right there. Literally, it starts right there. Why? Because Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says that salvation does not happen without faith. 
We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. But let me go a little further about faith this morning. Did you know that 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, that reveals that our faith lets us walk in victory over this evil world. That our faith lets us walk in victory. Anybody thankful that you can be victorious? Well, listen, you're not walking in victory if you're not walking in faith. Because the Bible says that's the victory we walk in over the world is through our faith. Hebrews 11:6 reveals it's our faith that pleases God. It's our faith that pleases God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 shows us that it's our faith that actually helps us live. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says that it's our faith that allows us to walk in divine purpose. 2 Timothy 4, 7 reveals that it's our faith that allows us to keep fighting, keep running, and keep the faith in every part of our lives. That's the power of our faith. So what does this do? It's our faith, church, that gives us confidence that godly and supernatural things will take place in and through our lives. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. It's our faith that gives us that godly confidence. Listen, it's our faith that helps us believe that God can and believe that God is able. It's our faith that allows us to believe that God is able. Listen, it's our faith that allows us to have hope continuously in our lives, knowing that our faith is not in ourselves, but we know that God, our faith is in the God who created all things, who orchestrated all things, and is in charge of all things. And now is the time, church, that we stand like never before and live and move in big faith. If you believe that, somebody give God praise. It's the time for us to believe and believe big again. It's time for us to believe and believe big again. Now's the time to think big, dream big. Listen, to live with mountain-moving, devil-chasing, kingdom-advancing expectation. That kind of faith. God's looking for people that will move with that kind of faith, not just every now and then, but on a basis. And if you say, well, pastor, I don't have that kind of faith. It's not the Lord's fault. We'll talk about that in a minute because Romans 12 says he gave everybody a measure of faith. He gave everybody. Let's hear your neighbor and say, you got faith. You got faith. But now is the time, church, for us to recognize and see we can live with that kind of expectation and faith. Listen, it would be different if we served a weak, defeated God. It would be different if Jesus did die and didn't get back up. It, it'd be different if we didn't know that God really was who he said he was and he wasn't faithful and present and perfect in all of his ways. Then we could say, well, you know what, I guess we'll just see what happens. But come on, church, we understand we do not serve a God whose arm is short. We do not serve, listen, we do not serve a God whose hand is weak. Rather, our God, the creator of all things, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who says heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, that God, listen, that God created you, not even, uh, not even just by his hands, but also with his words. He spoke over us. He declared who we are in him and he has anointed not just some people, but he's anointed all people to make disciples, make a difference in this world and continue to advance his kingdom every day that we live. That's the God that we serve. That's the kind of faith we should operate in. 
That's the kind of faith that we should daily be saying, thank you, Lord, that today we're living and moving with faith. But hear me. That means that the saints really need to live and move with that kind of faith again. The saints really need to live and move with that kind of faith. The church needs to operate with big and bold faith again. You say, well, Pastor Derek, what do you, why do you say again? Because unfortunately, let's get real for a minute. The truth is this church is that most of us don't experience, see, and witness the supernatural things of God because we have traded our faith for facts. You may stay up here. We traded our faith for facts. Can I ask a question? When did facts ever move God to act for his people? Show me. When did facts ever cause God to advance his kingdom? Listen, church, when was it decided that facts have the final say? Because this is what we respond. When we hear something that someone says is fact, well, it is what it is. It can't change. How many of you guys know that's not true? Just because someone says it's a fact. Listen, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells me that is incorrect. Here's why. Here's what Hebrews 11 1 says. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. See this. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It is all the evidence we need. Listen, our faith is greater than facts. Come on, somebody. Our faith is greater than facts. But let me be more specific. Our faith is only greater than facts when our faith is in Jesus. When our faith is in Jesus, our faith, our faith is greater than our facts. Can I go ahead and remind you today that your faith is more real than the visible. Your faith is more tangible, tangible than the touchable. The fact is, the world is getting worse, worse, but my faith says revival is coming and now is harvest time for the kingdom of God. I know, listen to me. I know what the chiropractor said. He said, the fact is your daughter's back and spine is growing crooked. But my faith says her back is straight in Jesus' name. I know what the world says about this and that. Listen, I know the fact is this church has been in debt since 1998. I was 12 years old then, FYI. My voice was finally starting to change. Thank you, Jesus. That may be the fact, but the truth is, my faith says that we will be debt-free soon and very soon in Jesus' name. Listen, I know that the facts are that your son or daughter is away from the Lord, but our faith says they're coming home in Jesus' name. I know what the facts are. You don't have to remind me of what the facts may be. But the truth is, church, as long as we've got faith in Jesus, facts don't trump faith, but faith trumps facts when our faith is in Jesus. So what is our response then? We should live that way. Look to your neighbor and say, we should live that way. We should live that way, church. 
Listen, I know the fact is that the places of societal influence in our nation are filled with sin and corruption, but my faith says God is sending his saints to shine in the darkness, and in faith we believe a divine turnaround is coming in our communities and our city and our nation in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have that kind of faith, it's going to be hard to a church that's awakened and running. It's going to be hard to keep be moving forward when you want to keep standing still. You've got to make a decision as we step into this Cairo season together that you are going to live and move with faith. That you're going to walk and live and operate with greater faith in your life. Now, let's talk about it for a minute because here I know this question. Pastor, what happens when I have faith and it doesn't happen to wanted it to? Anybody ever been there? I've been there. When I had faith, I had genuine faith, and it still didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Those moments are revealers, church. They're revealers. Let me tell you what I mean when I say that. Because those are the times that you discover whether your faith dictates your feelings or your feelings dictate your faith. Those are the moments that God really doesn't allow our faith to be tested. Let me say it this way. It's in those moments, church, that we either rise up in our faith or we retreat into our feelings. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear that now. But the truth is we're not led by our feelings. We're led by our faith. The truth is your feelings can be fickle. Come on, somebody. Truth is just because you feel that way doesn't mean you're always right. And so you've got to be careful that you're never led by your feelings but you're led by your faith. And so we have to understand even in those moments where it didn't happen the way we thought it was gonna happen or it didn't take place the way we thought it was gonna take place, we have to recognize this. We can either let our feelings get hurt or we can let our faith get hungry. We can let our feelings get hurt or we can let our faith get hungry. Because even when something doesn't come to fruition like we thought, that is still a moment to ask the Lord that we could still stand up with greater faith in that situation. That we could still keep believing. Even though we can't see it, we can still believe. Why? Because Hebrews 11 said, faith is all the proof I need that God's going to what God said he would do. Those are the moments that's not a time for frustration, church, but it is an invitation to get back into the secret place and keep pursuing God. Anybody ever been disappointed or frustrated? Listen, understand, those are moments for spiritual promotion in your life. Because when you can show God that every time something doesn't happen the way you thought it would, God says, I can trust you with more the next time because you're not going to lose your faith so easy. You're not going to walk away just because it was harder than it's going to be. And so we have to see this church, that in this time, God is looking for a church that will say, God, I will operate with great faith. God, I will continue to walk, God, with big and bold faith. If you're ready to walk with greater faith, somebody give the Lord praise in the house. Come on, if that's you. But I need to clarify this morning what I'm talking about. Because when I say greater faith, I don't mean greater in quantity. I mean greater in quality. 
This is where it's going to get deep. You know, now you need to put your, 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 your learner cap on for a minute. Greater in quality. See, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that God has given each of us a measure of faith. God has given everybody. He hasn't given some people faith. He's given everybody faith. See this. Luke chapter 17, this is a really cool story, verses 5 and 6. Most people probably skip right over it. Luke chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. The apostles said to Jesus, show us how to increase our faith. Show us how to increase our faith. And then the Lord answered. And he said something that caught them off guard. He said, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed. Do you guys know how small a mustard seed is? If you don't, you should Google it because Google has all the answers, right? Okay, here we go. He says, if you even have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. What is Jesus talking about right there? See, here's what's happened. The disciples said, Jesus, make our faith greater. Because they only saw faith in quantitative measures. They could only understand their faith in quantitative measures. But see, Jesus was teaching them to see their faith in qualitative measures. He was trying to open their eyes to this church. He said, hey, if your faith is only the size of a mustard seed, you can do supernatural things. Here's what Jesus was saying. Greater faith is not measured in size. It's measured in strength. It's not measured in size. It's measured in strength. See, the thing is, church, if you're hungry to live and move with stronger faith, it's not up to God. It's up to you. It's not up to God that you say you want to live and operate with greater and stronger faith. It's up to you. Say, Pastor, how is that? Because God has already deposited faith into each of us. Hear me. But then it's our decision on whether our faith gets developed or not. Everybody with me? It's not up to God for you to have greater faith. He's already deposited into you what you need to overcome and be victorious and be everything God's designed you to be. But now it is up to you as the son or daughter of God to develop. Somebody say develop. To develop your faith. See, this is why. So many people say they want to live a supernatural life, but they have a superficial faith. I know I'm getting deep, but it's the truth. There's a reason that so many believers have never seen signs and wonders follow them. And it's because everybody says they want a supernatural life, but you can't get a supernatural life on a superficial faith. you got to have a supernatural faith that will allow you to live a supernatural life. Which means that you've got faith. God gave you faith. You've already used your faith. You've activated it when you said yes to Jesus. But now you have an opportunity to continue to develop your faith. To continue to develop and strengthen your faith. That we understand that faith is not measured in size, but it is measured in strength. Okay, so let's answer the question. How can we choose to develop our faith? Very simply, here's a couple things. Number one, you spend time in the word of God and in prayer with God. I will say it till I am 85 years old, Lord willing, that I stay here that long. There is no substitution for prayer and the word. 
There is no substitution for being in the secret place and reading the word of God. If someone ever told you there was, they are wrong. Why? Because it's in the secret place that God reveals secrets to his people. It's in the word. What does the Bible say? It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is something supernatural about understanding your faith is developed. It's strengthened. It's expanded when you spend time in prayer and you spend time in the word. Pastor, I'm too busy. Well, then you're too busy to live the life God's allowed you said he wanted you to live. Pastor, I don't have time to do those things when you don't have time to really ever fulfill the purpose that God's assigned to your life. If you want your faith to be developed, you've got to make sure that you prioritize time in the prayer closet and time in the Word of God. There is no substitution. So if you want to see your faith begin to develop at a greater way, in a greater level, if you want to see your faith strengthen, prioritize those two things. Let me show you what I mean. 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. See this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Let me ask you something. How do you ever know what command, the commandments of God are if you don't spend time reading his commandments in the word? You going to rely on social media for that too? Okay, okay, all right. His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How many of you guys know that when you said yes to Jesus, you became born of the Lord? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who, he, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Time in the Word and time spent in prayer brings greater revelation, understanding, and power. If you are serious about getting greater faith, then you need to make sure that you are saying, Lord, I'm ready to spend time with you. Lord, I'm ready to change my priorities so I can get in the Word of God, which is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm ready to spend time in prayer, not just talking, but listening and developing the faith that I need to walk in the victory that you've given me. All right, so that's the first two. Here's the next part. You ready? Words of faith and works of faith. Words of faith and works of faith. How many of you guys know that we need both of those? How many of you guys know that you can't speak on the rock and then try to build on the sand? Kind of cancels each other out. You need words of faith. You speak faith. You're speaking with, with life and faith. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You've got to have words of faith that you're declaring and speaking in Jesus' name. And then you've got to do something with that faith. Let me show you the word. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. See, here's a lot of the times what we have gotten into the habit here in the West, is we will pray prayers of faith. 
but we never ask the Lord to let our put our faith in action. We never ask the Lord to give us opportunities to have one act of faith that day. To do something that requires faith. Why? Because here's the truth. If you're having to do anything with faith, it's uncertain. And we like certainty, don't we? We, we, we want to, we wanna, we're like, well, Lord, I'll take this step of faith as long as I can see what's on the other side. It's no longer faith if that happens. It's no longer, if there is all certainty in that moment of all the details and understanding. Listen, how many of you guys know God hardly ever reveals all the details on the other side? But he wants you to respond in faith and go ahead and take that step. Have that act of faith in your life. But I, let me go further. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, I, I've understood something about advancing the kingdom of God in the earth. Love advances the kingdom of God. It builds the kingdom of God. That's the standard of the kingdom. But faith is what really, really helps us put that into action. Faith is what puts that into action. And church, we have to have that kind of faith, not just faith words, but we have to have some faith works. We have to speak in faith and then act in faith. Our words need to match our actions. Our actions need to match our words. How many of you guys know that God is a show me God? Did you know that? You say, well, how can he be a show me God? Has God not shown you time and time again that he said he would do what he would do? Don't just say it, do it. Have faith words and faith works. Stop saying all these powerful things and doing nothing. Nothing changes when you do nothing. Look to your neighbor and say, do something. So my wife tells me at home, do something. Yes, ma'am, I got it, I'm on it. Listen, I believe something with my whole heart, church. If we can say it in faith, we can live it out in faith. If you can say it in faith, you can live in it. Well, pastor, what about when it's not easy? Okay. It's not always going to be easy. But even in the hard times, Jesus said, I'll always be with you. I'll always be with you. Here, here's a simple homework assignment as you're fasting and praying this week. Ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to act in faith this week. Lord, give me a chance to act in faith. Not just believe in faith and pray and speak in faith, but act in faith. Act with faith, all right? So we see that, how do we develop our faith? Prayer, the word. Faith words and faith works. But let me go further before I close this morning. This is where we have to understand that our faith has more than one component. Our faith has more than one component. Here's how. Strong and great faith church has three components. They all start with P. Are you ready? Strong and great faith has three components. Strong and great faith has passion, patience, and persistence. Passion, patience, and persistence. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read those, I can always tell where I need to get a little better in my faith. Typically, we need one of those components a little stronger in our lives on a consistent basis. 
You see, if I had time today, we could go into the, to the, to the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, all 40 verses. You know what I'm talking about? I don't have time to read all 40, but if you mess with me, I will. We'll take time and we'll go line by line. But if we could read Hebrews 11 today, listen, we see those three components in everybody that says by faith they did supernatural things. By faith, the supernatural things happened. They had passion, they had patience, and church, they had persistence in their faith. I want to talk, I want to close with these three things today. Passionate faith. How many of you guys are thankful that God's given passion? He's given us passion. Let me tell you what the word passion means. Passion means strong or powerful emotion. Literally, a further definition, it can be dangerous if it's not controlled. Let me go ahead and remind you, your faith should make you dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Your passionate faith should make you, look to your neighbor and say, I'm dangerous. Come on, tell him. You ought to wake up every day and say, man, I'm feeling dangerous today. I'm feeling dangerous because I got faith. I've got faith that God can do anything and everything, not just in me, but God can do it through me. I'm feeling dangerous because I've got passionate faith. Why? Your faith makes you dangerous against darkness, and it makes you dangerously victorious for the kingdom of God. That kind of passionate faith should make you dangerous. You say, how can it make me dangerous? Because you serve a God that says, I do exceedingly abundantly above that that you could ever ask or think. We serve a God who says, he says that I can come to him with big faith and I can dream. I can ask the Father in Jesus' name and get ready to receive. There is nothing that God cannot do in us and through us if we will respond with passionate faith. It's the truth. Pastor, we don't see it. It's because we're trying to live with superficial faith and we need supernatural faith. We got to believe again, church. Dream again. Believe and ask the Lord to do something great in and through your life. And because he's good, he'll do it. Because he's good, he'll do it. And so we have to recognize the first thing we have, just like we see in Hebrews 11. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, by faith they subdued kingdoms. They overtook nations. Listen, if they did it then, we can do it now. By faith they were patient and waited on the Lord. Abraham waited 25 years from the promise of God. Listen, if by faith they can do it then, by faith we can do it now. But we've got to respond with faith. We should have passionate faith. If you don't have passionate faith, you need to specifically pray against the spirit of apathy in your life. Because that is a spirit from hell that tries to keep you indifferent and cold to the deep and revelational things of God in your life. And here's the thing. Well, pastor, that apathy has been there a long time. I have found that God said that he can break any chain, deliver from any addiction, set anybody free because he is good. You gotta have passionate faith. Number two, church, and this is the one. You listen, I don't need any more passion. I could probably share some of mine with somebody else. But every now and then I need a pinch of patience. 
sometimes we got to have patient faith. Well, God, I want it now. How many of you guys know that God's timetable is not always our timetable? If that were the case, the Bengals already won another Super Bowl. Come on, somebody. Patient faith. Patient faith says, God, not my timing, but yours. Not my timing, but yours. You know, the Bible actually has so many verses about how good it is to wait on the Lord. To wait. Somebody say wait. To have patient faith. Not, listen, not weak faith, but patient. Let me tell you the definition of patience. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay. Does that sound like you? Doesn't sound like me. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Whew. Patient faith. Well, Pastor, why do I have sometimes have to go through this pain? Because pain is the part of the process of your purpose. That's why. Oh.